Fashion Pod 98. How are you doing? Lovely to have your ears. Thank you so much for listening. A totally different Passion Pod this week. I'll leave him to introduce himself because he's definitely got a bit of an identity crisis about what he does, as is often the case with these adventures. But I absolutely loved chatting to this week's podder, Max Dickens. I just really hope this puts as much of a smile on your face as it did on mine. He's been up to some extraordinary stuff, all in the name of what he does for a living, uh, which is just brilliant. So, Max. I don't like saying I'm a comedian because then people look at you and go, really? <laughs> As in like, you're not, not very funny, are you? Or they go like, oh, tell us a joke. Yeah, um, that must be really, and you've got to have some really good ones up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, so I tend, to, and also if you say writer, people just see that as a synonym for unemployed. So you can't say that either. <laughs> you're on lose-lose, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, I normally say I'm a writer-performer. Yeah, nice. Covers covers all the yeah, brackets. Yeah, and they're normally so baffled by that that they don't ask any more questions. Well, it's like saying you're accountant, babes. It's one way to just, you know, shut down that straight away. It's like that's the end of that chat. So yeah. where do you live? Um, Max, so tell us how on earth you got into doing what you're doing. Give us a bit of a backstory of you. Backstory of me as well. As origi- the plan originally when I went to uni was to... I did a philosophy degree and I was going to come out and probably go into policy for politics somewhere wow totally different. yeah i know and then um i started doing student radio at leeds uni and it went quite well won a lot of awards well, stop it <laughs> <laughs> um sorry you just dropped actually... my crowbar there um, <laughs> you did actually win some awards though let's be fair to you yeah, we'll give no. you some of it even <laughs> though you are shoehorning it in i mean no one listened obviously but i won some awards <laughs> and then i basically got spotted by a radio station called Absolute Radio and ended up getting a job presenting there. And that kind of threw me into the world of showbiz a little bit and it kind of just happened. And then I got an agent through doing... I was doing a lot of stand-up and I got an agent through a gig I did at the Comedy Store and then it kind of... The decision was made for me and I've, I've not regretted it at all. It's been loads of fun so I've done quite a big variety of stuff. Did all that stuff come off the back of the radio stuff then the comedy and the acting you know did that come from you know starting the radio show? Um, I think the radio show gave me the self-confidence that I could be entertaining and it was a nice sort of way to ease myself in Mm. and get that first sort of you know get over that first hurdle which is a sort of imposter syndrome and then I think it's a lot easier to start doing things like this when you're young because you don't have any fear really yeah not and, as much anyway no yeah and you, you've got nothing to lose because it's not like i had a life or a family or anything yeah so i could you know if it went terribly badly wrong you know i could just do something else yeah no absolutely <laughs> um and then now published author talk us through to now you've just released your first book yes yeah, so uh, my book is called my group on adventure and it came out last week it feels quite doesn't it feel quite cool to say like yeah i've got a book i've published a book i feel like that's quite a good thing to be able to tell people yeah it's great it is a bit of a sort of pinch yourself moment when you actually have a physical copy of a thing it's, so basically uh i did the show as a stand-up show at the Edinburgh Festival, the Fringe Festival in 2014, and then it's become a book off the back of that. So I've been sort of banging on about this thing for a while now. (laughs) Uh, The book started off 
from a, a genuine feeling that I had. It was a personal project. So I came out of a long-term relationship. I was dumped, heartbroken, and had those sort of thoughts you have when you're coming out of that where you think, oh, what's gone wrong? I'm stuck in a bit of a rut. And I'd realised, basically, I got really boring. I was just dull doing the same things with the same people in the same places. And I realised I needed to become uh, this adventurous, spontaneous guy. I needed to rediscover that part of myself and teach myself how to do it. And I stumbled across... Groupon as my tool to do it, which is, um, if you've not used Groupon, this is this bizarre website with a, it's just a huge kaleidoscope of bizarre deals, discount deals, like a Narnia of possibility. Uh, spontaneity for beginners, if you like. And I, <laughs> and I, so I used this tool to change myself into this spontaneous guy. And then in July 2014, about a year after I started, I managed to convince Groupon to sell a date with me on their website. I sold a thousand dates. I went on one and through that found someone that helped me get over the heartbreak. It's just ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous <laughs> in the most wonderful way. But the stuff that you did, Max, I mean, mm. it is bonkers. Just give us a bit of an idea for people that haven't read the book of just, I don't know, a couple of the top ones. I mean, uh, you got yourself into some serious scrapes. Yeah, absolutely. Off the top of my head, I'm, uh, I went, wow, uh, alpaca trekking. I did dog yoga, taxidermy, <laughs> had a gong bath, went... Uh, beekeeping, clonic irrigation, alligator wrestling, baby scans. And also, I'm quite interested in the fact that there was a little bit of an appearance at Bristol Rugby as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I moonlighted as the mascot uh, for Bristol Rugby Club. So was that a Groupon deal? How did that come about? Yeah, so I bought, bought a sports mascot experience on Groupon. And it was at the memorial ground, and I was Brizzly Bear for one afternoon in a full bear suit. Uh, and it's just like a, a massive bear that wears a Bristol rugby kit. And um, I got shown the ropes by the, the guy who does the mascoting normally. Does he mind that you were, like, ousting him for the day? I think he was quite glad to have a day off, to be honest. I mean, it's pretty sweaty in that suit. I was going to say hot. it does hot. reek as well. <laughs> Uh, and I tell you what, I didn't realise how hard it was being a mascot. You've got to be happy all the time. Obviously, you've got a like a knitted smile on the on the bear's face, <laughs> so you can be scouring underneath. But you know, you have to be you know waving at everyone, shaking hands, high fives, and the little kids they love you. They want loads of hugs. So, some of the adults are a bit more aggressive, just telling you, "Sit down, Brizzly, we can't see." Things like that. <laughs> and um, I didn't know this, but Brizzly Bear's signature move is the worm. Oh, my God. Are you fit, Max? Because that is quite a sweat on. Uh, <laughs> I Well, I'm relatively fit. Uh, I'm not a good dancer, I would say. <laughs> you, know, I'll, you know, I'll break out a twerk, I'll break out a robot. Not often in a brizzly bear suit, though, Never let's in be a brizzly bear suit. It just meant that when I was walking around the pitch at the rugby club during this match, people were screaming at me, Brizzly Bear, do the worm! Oh, my God. Do the worm, Brizzly! And I, ref I, I said, like, I can't do the worm. I mean, this would be, be horrendously embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. And then it got to, like, midway through the second half, and I was stood by the family stand, and then this steward basically pimped me into doing it by saying, who wants to see Brizzly Bear do the worm? <laughs> the whole crowd went mental. And I thought, like, I'm going to have to do it. I'm actually going to have 
to do the worm in front of 15,000 people. And so I did the worm. I mean, it was it was a bad worm, to be fair. I love the image of that, though, Max, honestly. And of the things, you know, that one can say one has done in life. A brizzly bear doing the worm at a live rugby game. That and, is priceless. And the thing is, if you are brizzly bear, you get changed. Because <laughs> you get changed in what is the cleaning cupboard. So <laughs> it's just me and loads of, like... You know, bleach and like I, the 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 Bristol lads, the team were getting changed opposite me, and they had the door open, and all these sort of huge blokes getting their kit on, ready to go and do this huge manly battle, you know, on the pitch, and they were just looking at me and going, "What a pathetic man! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Why are you doing this?" And I was looking at them, going, "Like, I know, guys, I know." Oh my god, Max! I'm literally close to tears. That it just just sums up in my head just the most beautiful, beautiful image. It's like being back at school, but worse. It's like being back at school, but being a grown up. Yeah, but all the cool kids see you in your horrible PE kit and your green flash. But it's not that you're just wearing a massive bear costume. It's a very good look. Very good look. Um, it's yeah. quite. You're definitely not, now. You've definitely got some good chat when you meet people, doll. Even if they don't want to talk about your job, you can whip out one of these stories. Like, I mean, just crazy and definitely definitely was doing what you were setting out to do didn't it yeah it really was and and through doing these weird things and pushing myself out of my comfort zone I did change and I think so often genuinely genuinely genuinely. change and actually what I would say is so so much sort of self-help literature so many books when people want to tell you to think your way into confidence and to um, think your way into happiness in a great life. And I actually think that's a really hard thing to do. A much easier thing to do is just to do something different and use experience. And it's kind of like a holistic thing. You'll find yourself improving. I found with each deal I did, there was a positive externality, if you like, a little thing that changed in me that was kind of um, a side effect of doing that deal. Like, for example, colonic irrigation was a harrowing, embarrassing, awful day. How is that positive? Well, it was so embarrassing that I realised nothing in my life would ever be... more embarrassing than that and I was you like you lowered the levels yeah, just I've, beautifully yeah I've been to the mountaintop everything else now is sprinting down the side of the side of the hill so so weirdly that awful thing ended up being one of the most positive experiences that's so cool and such a different way to look at it as you say it's so the trend now just to actually do stuff and push those boundaries a bit it's, it's brilliant yeah but what I would say is like if people are listening thinking like because people do relate to this I've spoken to loads of people about it and they go like you know what I feel the same I feel like I'm stuck in a rut or I feel like I should do different things and one of the hardest things to do is to choose what to do choose that first thing to do to to change yourself to do something different because there's so much choice in the world it's just ridiculous but a great thing about Groupon or sites like it I should say I've got no association with Groupon so you know do whatever you want but (laughs) the the good thing about Groupon is that it's like a menu of stuff it's like a buffet of ideas and all you've got to do is sort of shove it on your plate and then scoff it down so it's actually (laughs) it's sort of they put you on the bike and shove you down the hill and the rest you it's easy from that point but that's why Groupon is a useful thing yeah because it gives you that framework I guess doesn't it with all these millions of choices it kind of yeah hones it down a bit for you or at least puts things in front of you that you might not have fancied or thought about exactly it's sort of like a a bucket list that someone else has written for you (laughs) so Max 
challenges. There are plenty on these adventures of ours. Uh, tell us about some of yours, please. The first big challenge is having the the self confidence to keep going because it's it is a tough old game. Yeah. Um, this sort of thing that we both do, and it's those early years when you're kind of chipping away at the rock face. Yeah. And it's. You're, you're sort of maybe hanging out with people you went to uni with and their success is so easily counted up and so easily demonstrable. Whereas if you're in a career in the arts, if people aren't from that world, they've really struggled to understand or empathise with it and it's easy to sound like you're a loser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't like the word loser, but it's you get what I mean. Like when you, Definitely, you feel when, alienated. Yeah, so when you're, you know, you're out in the pub, people are like, oh, so what are you up to? It's very hard to make your life sound good. Especially, especially, it's like, sorry guys, sorry to disappoint, but especially when you're going through patches and periods where there isn't a lot of work, which is the nature of the game when you're self-employed, doing anything creative. When people ask you that question, that's why I love starting these chats with that, because it's like, sometimes you want to just go and just get into that trap door and hide away, because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, quite frankly. Yeah, and also... What you sort of realise, especially, so I do tons of stand-up all the time, and what you realise is that if you're not a household name, you might as well not exist to a lot of people. Yeah. So you can't really win that. So even if your career is going pretty well, and people in the comedy world know you well, if you're not, you know, a Graham Norton, you know, my mum would be like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? It's like, go on, can't you get yourself a chat show? It's yeah, like, why you? oh my God. And people often think, especially with stand-up, that you go straight... If you're any good, you're, you, you sort of start in theatres for your first gigs, and if you're any good, you're at the O2 Arena and you're on Mock the Week. <laughs> Whereas, actually, you start your first gigs. My first gig was above the Pack Horse pub in Leeds, and it was... Oh, the glamour. Yeah, oh, 15 people. Glamour. And you're doing those pub gigs for years until you, you're getting better and better and better. And, like, people don't see that. They just think that if you're good, you'd be on the telly every week, whereas actually the truth is completely different. And actually, if you think about it in terms of bands, I'm sure you've probably got a favourite band that you love, but like, if you said it to most people, they'd be like, what the hell is that? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's the part of it, though, isn't it? It's that thing of not perhaps looking too much around you, although that is important, but to look at what you're doing and how you're making it work for yourself. Are you enjoying it? Like, bring it back to yourself, if that doesn't sound too self-involved. But rather than comparing with, you know, the great landscape of life um, in terms of work, you know, the people that are working in the same line of work as you. Yeah, but I, what I find as well is I live with a couple of people who have what you'd call normal jobs. And sometimes I think, like, oh, it'd be nice to earn a bit more money and be able to go on nice holidays and things. But then I just thought, I don't want to do that job. Yeah. You know, I'm Simple quite happy as. sort of messing about doing interviews with people like you and having a laugh. Like, that's great. I like my life. <laughs> so it's important to, like, remember yeah. not to lust after things you don't really want because maybe you're we're kind of trained through life to think we want things like you know, a steady nine to five, a, you know, a big income. Yeah. You know, remember why you got into it. Remember what you're passionate about, what you're good at and what you, you think is important in life. And then you'll always be fine. You can make it work. I just think you can make it work. And yes, it's not perhaps so easy when you have got kids or when you are, you know, supporting mortgages and all this kind of stuff. But you can find ways to make it work if you want it enough. I really do think that, Dal. I really do. Um... Yeah, what advice? I guess that kind of leads on to that's the kind of thing we're talking about. But before you set out, was, is, there, is there any advice that you wish you'd been given? I think the advice I wish I'd been given is 
that it's meant to be tough. And I think I had such, I was lucky enough to have a really good start to my career and everything was quite easy. Um, like I had, a, I was doing my professional radio job when I was still at uni. Yeah, I, I mean, this... to, to be even offered that in itself, that is insane that that just landed on your lap. And, and Amazing. But then I imagine once that kind of was, you were ready for the next thing. Yeah, but you, you, it doesn't seem, because it, it was my first thing I did, it didn't seem special. It felt like, oh, right, yeah. well, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be a the O2 Arena within a few weeks. Yeah. That's what you think, because you don't know anything better. Yeah. And then when actually... Like, well, sorry life just came along. Yeah, but that's fine. But well, I think it's meant to be hard. And when you know it's meant to be hard, then it reminds you to keep going in the bits where it is trickier than others. So, you know, for example, in the process of writing a 75,000-word book, there are times where you're like, oh, my God, I don't think I'm ever going to finish this, or is this any good? But then you've got to remember that, you know, you read interviews with writers, they, they'll tell you, how hard it is mm. and that for getting that first draft done but then that's quite reassuring i don't find it depressing like when people <laughs> it sounds negative to talk about you know life is hard sometimes but actually it can be quite empowering when because it reminds you that if you're going for a similar thing then it's normal yeah you're not the only one it's not it's, it's nothing that's wrong with you it's yeah. just the nature of the beast yeah, no, definitely. It's such a wise bit of advice. And it's I think it, it shows how important it is to talk to people <laughs> who are doing similar stuff. Yeah. Um, the second thing I learned would probably be it's OK not to know what's going to happen. And you don't need, you know, a plan written down on five bits of A4. You can just let things evolve and just say yes to things as they happen and follow what's fun at the time so i do loads of uh, improv comedy so you know whose line is it anyway sort of stuff yeah and there's a big improv idea called the philosophy of yes and and that's all about saying yes to things that your scene partner might say and then adding something to it but it's all about saying yes to things and trusting that if you say yes something great will emerge after that and it's all about exploring the possibility and saying yes rather than saying no and then killing it dead and so in the same sort of idea with my book my group on adventure when you i was saying yes to all these bizarre things and always the universe threw something great at me even if maybe it was an unpleasant experience i learned something great from it or i met someone really fun doing it by saying yes and trusting that there's so much out there beyond what you know already um you can have some great experiences and learn so much and the same way with a career what's happened to me is you know i've ended up writing a book being published but if you'd asked me when I started getting into radio at the start, that's what I'd do, I'd probably say, well, I don't think that's right. I think I'd, I wouldn't have seen it beyond the radio. Yeah, it sort of shifts. It's basically, yeah. And adapting to that shift, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, people can pivot all the time and just choose something completely different. Like I went on a... One of the Groupons I did was I went to an owl sanctuary. I mean... That was one of the more mundane ones. <laughs> I love that that's mundane, Dan. Yeah. That sounds like a lovely Thursday yeah. afternoon to yeah, me. Yeah, this was in the midst of my group on addiction and I managed to miss a friend's wedding for that and he oh, was furious. Oh, lordy, yeah. not but, good. Um, but the person running this owl sanctuary was a girl called Sophie and she'd left her job in accounts to pursue her passion for falconry just because she loved it. And she was having a great life. But, you know, you can pivot away from something and just say yes and trust that it will work out in the end rather than coming from a perspective of fear. And it just takes a bit of imagination. I think the word would be faith. Faith that it will be fine. Oh, Max, amazing. That was great. That's and faith, great. Isn't a very, faith isn't a very trendy word at the moment because it's associated with, you know, religion, which is maybe not that cool. But um, I think faith is a really useful quality in life. Talk a bit more about that. So what, just trusting stuff? I think so often in life we make choices 
from the place where we are right now or where we've been before, the experience and knowledge we already have. And our choices in front of us sort of branch out like a tree. And so there's maybe eight different things we can see doing, but it's all based on what we already know. But actually, it's because your perception is just boxed into that. There's millions of things outside of that that you don't even know exists yet. You've just got to go and look for it and say yes to stuff. And that is, I think, a more fun way to live. And it, if it be your career or just, you know, what you do at the weekend, I just think you just have a lot more fun like that. Oh, brilliant. So if you had to sum up in like three things, what what three main things do you reckon that you've learned from doing your Groupon adventure? Right, three things. Firstly, the stuff you can buy online that you had no idea you could. Like I became a lord online. So you're oh. talking to a real bona fide lord. You can get that online. <laughs> That's bought, definitely one to whip out. That's definitely. Good. And I bought uh, land on the planet Mars as well. Um, <laughs> someone's flogging that. But basically, there's a guy called Dennis Hope um, who's selling land on Mars. He's an American guy. And what happened is, in, uh, about 15 years ago, the UN signed a treaty that said no no countries can own space, basically, which is fair enough. Yeah, but we'll th- give him that. Yeah, but then Dennis Hope emailed them and said, "No, you say no countries can own space, but you don't say that no individuals can claim ownership of space. So I'm just letting you know, I own space. If oh, I don't he- my God. If I don't hear back from you, I assume you're fine with it. And obviously the UN are busy. They're not replying to mad people called Dennis Hope claiming the ownership of space. <laughs> so didn't get back to him. So he's now selling space. So he's selling the moon. He's selling Mars. Dennis Hope, I'm sorry. Hats off, mate, because that what is a, impressive. What an entrepreneur he is. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, so that's the first thing I learned. The second thing I learned would probably be... Um, what I think is a great philosophy of life, which is when I went alligator wrestling. Sure, as you do. I love how you just say that casually, Max, for God's sake. Stop it. Oh, me, just uh, alligator wrestling. So, Uh, sure. So, the the guy that taught me how to do it, who was just a bloke who'd done it twice before, I mean, he wasn't a professional. (laughs) Safe hands, really reassuring. He said, the two bits of advice you have is don't hesitate and don't let go. Right, that was all he told me. So when you go into the swamp and grab these alligators, just don't hesitate, just go for it if you're feeling nervous, otherwise you'll never do it. And secondly, don't let go, because if you let go, they'll come around and eat you, which is fair enough. <laughs> but in terms of a life philosophy, like if you're, if you're thinking about doing something you want to do, but you're not sure what you should, whether you should do it, don't hesitate, just do it straight away, because otherwise you'll talk yourself out of it. And don't let go, just commit to it until you've finished it. I love it. And when people are asked, where did you get that bit of advice from? It's like, oh yeah, sure, got it from when I was alligator wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. And Number three? The final bit of advice is I sold a thousand dates with myself on Groupon and I learned through that process that it is way easier to get someone to pay for a date with you than it is to get someone to volunteer to go on a date with you free of charge. <laughs> oh darling, the violins are out, I tell you. <laughs> Definitely one of the more unusual ways to find yourself a partner, I'd say. What do you reckon? Uh, Just brilliant, though. I mean, I loved chatting to Max, as I'm sure you can tell. I hope you enjoyed it as much to listen to as I did when I was hanging out with him. Just really refreshing, different way of looking at stuff and very honest, but in a kind of not too painfully self-helpy type way. I mean, there's a place for that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But... Just love this way that he's looking at stuff. So yeah, big thanks to Max for chatting to Passion Pods this week. If you want to find out more about Max, don't forget we post a 
a little blurb about each pod each week on the website. Go and check it out, passionpods.co.uk. And you can find us on Twitter too. Love hearing from you. It's weird because I still find it really overexciting when new people find us. It's brilliant. So thank you if this is the first one you've listened to um, and hope that you fancy listening to more. There's loads of them. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Passion Pods. You get the whole darn lot. Uh, so next week, Passion Pod 99. I can't really believe it. Very close to bubbling away that big 100th Passion Pod, which is just ridiculously exciting. If I think of all the ups and downs of doing this, and in fact, we're nearly at 100. Amazing. So make sure you join us next week for Passion Pod 99. Got some musicians next week. That's the joy of Passion Pod 99 with some great advice about not only making music, but also some bits and pieces that are handy sort of pre-figuring out what it is you want to do. Some just lovely advice in there. So really looking forward to sharing that with you next week. In the meantime, hope you have an absolute belter and keep in touch. Love to hear from you at Passion Pods on Twitter. Have a good one.